the left. My dad never said a word, but I noticed that when we went around that curve, he clenched the seat real tight. And uh, when we got around the curve, he said, don't ever take a curve like that that fast again. And so I was living. Um, I remember I used to take my mom and dad's car before I had my license and drive my parents around the east side of Indianapolis. And uh, I'm kind of ashamed of that, but I survived it. The car survived it, even though we almost took the door off of another car on South Emerson because they flung it open and I overcorrected, you know, in the 67 Plymouth Belvedere. Um, those were exciting times and those were fun times. And I remember um, some of the things that I accomplished. I remember the first time I did a tree job after school. And uh, I thought I was really moving up in this old world and thought things were really happening. And, and I'll go ahead and tell you that um, that night after school, um, I charged somebody $150 to cut a tree down. I paid my friend eventually $15 to help me, and I'd made felt like I'd made $135. And I went to school the next day and thought to myself, I just made more money last night legally than anyone else in any other student in this high school. That's, that's why I went. Maybe I was lying to myself. Maybe somebody sold something. But anyway, that's the way I felt. I was enjoying living. I had, I had a purpose. I remember wearing um, climbing boots <laughs> to school as a, you know, you didn't, wear, you didn't wear climbing boots to school. Red wing, I think they were red wing climbing boots that I had. I was proud of them things. I was senior in high school. I got a, I got a plan. I got an agenda. I learned how to climb. I got a little dump truck. I got tools. And, and on I went. And, and, uh, but, you know, the steam and the newness wore off of all that. How many know that the newness of living can sometimes wear off? It doesn't matter whether you get a new car. doesn't matter whether you get some new clothes, new house, new dog, new snake, new cat, whatever you're into. The newness wears off. You get wore down. You get tired. And this is what was transpiring in the Lord's life. He understands the weariness and what life is taking out of us. And Fortunately, the Lord has made a wonderful plan for us to live in perpetual renewing. He has, the Lord himself has a way of taking people that are broke down, beat down, tired of living. You got sore feet, you got sore backs, your pockets are empty, you got You've got a mountain of debt, you got a mortgage, you got this, you got that, the kids aren't acting up right, and you're thinking to myself, yourself, how am I going to get through all these problems? How is all this going to be solved? How am I going to get through school? How am I going to buy a house? How am I going to feed the kids? How am I going to do, what, you know, nowadays, go back to that climbing boot story, I looked at some custom climbing boots uh, the other day. Uh, they sent them to me, and I was like, hey, how much are these things? You know, they finance custom climbing boots nowadays. I think it said $67 a month for 12 months. And I can have me some high living, they'll almost make you fly through a tree or wherever you're climbing. No, they don't. No, they don't. They're just making the boot manger a whole lot of money. Now, I'm not saying they're not worth it. Try you a pair when you get the money. Don't. Don't hold back, but please pay cash for them. Don't play 
Don't pay interest on your climbing boots. This can take a lot out of you, folks. You take a dump truck and the turbo blows up and cycles stuff through. It takes a lot out of you. It does. And what are we going to do about all this? What are we going to do about all this life? What are we going to do about all the problems that seem to plague us? When, even when we come together to hear about the goodness of God and we look around and we say, hey, who went where and why did they go there and all this? And we go boom, 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 boom. What are we going to do about all this? What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to challenge you to make a, a firm decision about what you're going to do with the problems that life brings your way. Because you're going to have to make up your mind how you're going to handle it. You get upset with somebody, somebody gets upset with you. What are you going to do about it? Well, we're going to find out because this woman had a very complicated life. How many in here, you don't, don't raise your hand, but you feel like life is getting very complicated? Well, she runs into Jesus. How many in here can say that you have met the Savior of the world? I've met him. I know him. I know how he operates, and I'm really, really excited about it. So he's, he's asking for water because life is taking its toll on him. And she says, mm, um, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee the living water. Verse number 13. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. I'm going to tell you, no matter what you do in life, you're always going to be left with a thirst for the things of God. Amen. I'm going to say it again. No matter what you do, get you an office way up there in one of them top buildings. Become president of the United States. Become an admiral. Do whatever you want to do, but there's always going to be something inside of you that says, I want something else. And you're going to have to decide what that is. The people wonder why people start off with a little beer, a few little cigarettes, smoke a joint, and then the next thing you know, they're cooking stuff down in spoons and jabbing it in their veins. Why is this? There is something lacking in their life and I've got the answer that if you'll drink of the water that the Lord is providing you will never thirst again praise the Lord one of the problems we're having around Heritage Apostolic Tabernacle you are not drinking enough of Jesus Christ to quench your thirst I'm going to go ahead and tell you you're running after the wrong things Praise the Lord, you're spending too much time on the internet for something that doesn't quench the thirst in your soul. Hallelujah, you got to get right back to the foot of the cross and say, Lord, God, give me the very thing that soothed my soul over and over and time and time again. Oh yeah, you could go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and tell you my, a little bit about my life. Uh, Mom and Dad was come on into the apostolic church right out of some other kind of church. Uh, and Grandpa, some of you have heard it. I know you have. And you, you remember it. My Grandpa told my Dad, he said, you could go to any church you want to, but don't go to the Pentecostal church. Uh, but the Barley Boys come on over to the Horner's house. Uh, that was a split household. And my grandmother was very angry. And, and we searched through memorabilia last night and I burnt some of it 
I said, I don't want these memories to exist. Because the thirst in her soul, she never quenched it with Jesus Christ. And it was not a pretty thing. I said, it's not a pretty thing when people don't quench the thirst of their soul with Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a lot of poison that gets way down deep in people. And when it festers up, it begins to turn ugly. And they're living their life with this this green, putrid ugliness that's growing in them. And it's not the way the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to be drinking of the cool, refreshing waters of the Holy Ghost. Grandpa said, go to any church you want to, but don't go to that Pentecostal church. Amen. My uncle got, they were going to a Christian church down there in Brown County, and he met Tom Harmon, who was a, a laborer that could not read nor write. But Tom said, hey, are you a believer? And my uncle said, well, yes, I am. And he said, well, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Hey, Amen. I don't care if you can't read or write. If you know what the Holy Ghost is, you are smarter than the, the smartest person that does not know what the Holy Ghost is. And Tom Harmon said, well, let me tell you about the Holy Ghost. And amen, oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, Brother Chuck Porter went on in to Christian Tabernacle on 28th and Sherman Drive and received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And he called his sister up and he said, look, I found what we've been looking for. Let me tell you something. When you drink of the waters of God, you will find what you're looking for. You say, I'm upset, I'm tired, I'm wore out, I'm sitting around, I don't know what to do. Friend, you need to get full of the Holy Ghost. I don't care what any other preachers told you. I don't care what your grandma believed in the church down the street. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am tired of people allowing this life to beat you down so badly that you have begun to think that life's not worth living. Life ain't no fun. I'm not having no fun in Muncie. Let me tell you something. The satanic spirit of Muncie, Indiana will drive you straight to the pits of hell if you let it. But if you want to get on your knees, you can join a crowd of victorious people that have got the victory from the bottom of their feet to the top of their head. Or you can let Muncie take its toll on you. Or whatever other city. Richmond. I'll go ahead and name them all. Dayton. Newcastle. They all got their problems. But the church of the living God has got the answer to all their problems. Because we've got Jesus. And he's enough. I tell you, he's enough for Ball State University. He's enough for Anderson University. He's enough for Taylor University. Hallelujah. All them kids, then our brother, he walked all over it this morning. I hope you took notes and listened up. He said a guy got him an education. But the education didn't really end up doing him any good. Because it wasn't necessarily his calling. It wasn't necessarily his true purpose. But when he got on the line of his true purpose... He began to make progress. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what your purpose is as far as making a living. There's a whole lot of different people here. We got people that lay paper, pavers and build retaining walls. We've got mechanics. 
We've got retirees. We've got, what's your purpose at work? What's your specific title? A bag house operator. And then we got a truck driver, business owner. We've got, I can't go through them all. We're a, we're a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. This is going somewhere. But there's one thing that we all should be doing that's exactly the same. We ought to be loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. You better watch it, folks. My God, the Holy Ghost will make you feel 24 when you're 53. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Miracle's excited. We want our kids excited about Jesus. We want our kids excited about church. You parents better get excited about the Lord because your kids are watching you at home. Amen. And if you're watching Lord of the Rings instead of reading your Bible, your kids are going to wind up warped. Warped by Hollywood. Amen. Don't, let me tell you something. There ain't no such thing as a good fatal attraction. You better watch it. The people making them movies, they're not making movies. They're making millions. How much do you make on your job? A lot less. They make more in one movie than I've made in my entire lifetime. You think they care about you? You think Disney cares about you? Who does care about you? The Lord God Almighty. They came down from glory. Died on the cross of shame. Talked to a woman that had five former husbands. And the one that she was with was not her own. And it didn't bother him a bit. He said, give me some water. So guess what? I don't care what your past is. I want to know, are you going to give the Lord what he wants? Because if you will, woo, he'll take care of your family. He'll make you feel like running. He'll make you feel like shouting. Oh, yeah. Isn't God good? All the time. Because of these things, I have seen it in my lifetime. I have watched the young become old. Not, 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 in, a, not in a timely fashion. I've watched young people, boom, go from young, innocent, Holy Ghost-filled people to old, burdened-down sinners with one fatal attraction. One. Not two. Not three. One. And I have watched the old come in. I've been everywhere. I've done everything. Mm. Lord, I'm talking to somebody now. I've snorted it. I've drank it. I've watched it, I've held it, and I've thrown it away. I've been there, and I've done that. And you can't tell me nothing. I've been to every church in town. Hey, man, 
That's what they say. I've been to every church in town. But one touch of the master's hand. And all of a sudden they say, I found what I've been looking for. I found what I've been missing out on. My God, you better understand that if you're going to tell people you're a Christian, you better be exactly what you say you are. Because it's our job to let the light of the gospel shine directly into their eyes and give them truth that can set them free from the world of sin. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to the Old Testament very quickly. You know, as you've, uh, I just, I've really enjoyed it here. I like going back, getting something way back in the early start of the Bible, then going way back to the end, which Brother Pontius did today. Daniel to Revelations. All right. Judges. Chapter number 14. Verse number 5. Then Samson went down and his father and his mother to Timnath. Came to the vineyards of Timnath and behold a young lion roared against him. Oh yeah, a little bit of a challenge. How many knows that life has its challenges? Oh yeah, we're being challenged as a church, as a congregation. We hear that roaring lion. Roar. How are we going to respond? This is how strong people respond to roaring lions. Right here is the answer. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his mother and his, or his father what he had done. And he went down, and he talked with the woman, and she pleased, and she, and she pleased Samson well. All right, great victory, right? Spirit of the Lord fell on How many's had a great victory in the Holy Ghost? Most of us have. And you know what it's like and you know what it feels like. And, we, and I wish that I could guarantee you every second of your existence you would live on the mountaintop. I wish I could promise you that, but it's simply not going to happen. You go up and you come down. You have good weeks. You have bad weeks. You have good decades might have a bad decade. So we see that the clock turns and things change. And after a time he returned to take her and turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. Things are changing. The lion roars, lion dies. Bees come to the carcass of the lion. Things are changing, young people. Amen. You're not always going to go to school. Not always, us old folks, we ain't always going to be hanging around this old world. Amen. Those of us that are raising our families, the kids aren't always going to be in the house. Things are going to change. And the carcass of the lion, behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey, and he went thereof in his hands, and he took thereof, and he went on eating, and came to his mother and father, and he gave them, and they did eat. 
But he told them not that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. All right, let's move, flip the page. We're going to see, uh, see this principle of a mighty victory, a change, and then how you deal with the, with the emotional, being emotionally stable after a major victory. Because this letdown, the Spirit of the Lord hasn't changed. You got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost in 1981. March 23rd, 1980. Guess what? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've changed. The apostolic movement in general has changed. But Jesus has never changed. All right. So, uh, um, Verse, chapter 15, verse number 14, And he came unto Lehi, and the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became his flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands were loosed off of his hands. God's people will not be bound by any circumstances, no matter the time frame. There will be victory all the time. Amen. No excuses. None. I have none. You have none. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he found a new jawbone of an ass. Now, he's never used the jawbone before, but he put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. Man, that's a big victory. Big victory. Let's look at what happens. And with the jawbone of an ass, he said, verse number 18, and he, was, he got thirsty. Does that sound like anybody else we just talked about? Was thirsty. I'm preaching to thirsty people today. You want biblical results. You want to know how to get them. Amen. I'm going to try and get to that point today. If the Lord will help me, we surely will. He called on the name of the Lord. He, he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. Now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? He said, I still got the same enemies after me. Oh, yeah. Always. You might think the enemy's going away. He's not going away. I want you to look back on the period of your life where you've had the greatest victory, where you've walked the closest with the Lord. And then I want you to tell me if after that period of time did the devil just go away? Did life just become easy and smooth forever and ever and now you get a coast? The answer is no. No, no, no. One time in 1988 we had a six-week revival. That revival went Six weeks, every night but Monday night, twice on Sunday. That was a long revival. Amen. And you would think, oh, if we had a six-week revival, Greg Horner, you'd never have another problem. I did. I ended up fighting some more battles, and I'm still fighting them today. And so he has a victory. He goes back. He gets a, and, and But God 
clave out a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water there out. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. I want to know how many people in this building today are feeling beat down, wore out, struggling with your faith, wondering if God's going to provide for you. I want to know if you want to be revived this afternoon. Amen. As we all stand, the question is posed to you. The Lord has proved that if you'll drink of Him, you will never thirst again. Amen. I like to say it like this. Once the Holy Ghost comes in, it creates a craving that can never be satisfied in any other way, shape, or form. You say, oh, I just came to drift in today, preacher, and I'm drifting out as soon as you're done. Let me tell you something that would be a massive mistake on your part. The, the decision that you need to make is, I decide that I have experienced the Lord, and I have decided that I'm going to use Him and stay with Him and continue to be tapped into what He's doing in my life and in the world around me. The church is moving so fastly. The world is changing so quickly. You've got to decide, I'm going to hang on to the only thing that's rock solid in our day and time. Amen. You, and I'm, I'm not going to blow, amen, a big uh, scare tactic on you, but all it takes is one somebody to push a button somewhere in the world, and friend, what we think has been normal life is going to end in a quick second. Doesn't mean I, I'm going to fall over, my skin's going to melt off, but it's a straw that breaks the camel's back. And there's one thing I'm going to be holding on to, no matter what happens in this world. I'm going to be holding on to my faith in Jesus Christ, believing that the answer was in 1981 to be full of the Holy Ghost and to believe that whatever day is my last day on the face of the earth, the answer is to be full of the Holy Ghost. I didn't come today. This is something, my God, that you've got to understand that you can think, oh, I had it once upon a time. I understand all that stuff, preacher, and it wore off. But it, I want you to know today that in Matthew chapter 5, number 6, Amen. The Bible says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you've lost your thirst for the Holy Ghost, friend, I'm begging you to revive it. If you've lost your hunger for a move of God, I am begging you. Find a way to desire the Lord as you should. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Yes, I know that it's been fast this morning. This has just been an extended altar call, the truth be known. Because I'm looking at people that are starving to death. I'm looking at people that are spiritually dehydrated. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that we're all on the same path because we're not. Some of you are not strong enough to make the journey. Some of you are not strong enough to engage the enemy. And so you just let the enemy walk all over you. You let the enemy talk down to you. You let the enemy steal your children. It's time for you to stand up and grab the, the jawbone of the ass, whatever tools at hand. It could be your worship. It could be your prayer. It could be your Bible study. It could be your fasting. But you got to get a hold of something that's going to put the enemy to flight. Amen. And so with that in mind, the Bible says that one shall put a thousand to flight and two shall put ten thousand to flight.
Today, I'm going to ask you if you feel the desire to pray for your neighbor, to take a hold of their hand and say, let's go to the altar. I am asking you to do that in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Camp season is coming upon us. As a matter of fact, it's already started, I guess. And these young people, when they go to the camp meetings, they get to lock themselves away for a week. And it's a wonderful experience. And some of us who've got full-blown living lives, houses, cars, businesses, amen, maybe it's time for us to lock ourselves away for a week and say, Lord, give me this water so that I'll never thirst again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for this wonderful family that's come today.